Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. If you have your Bibles, um, turn to a very rare book of the Bible that people use too much and don't use too much, Lamentations, chapter 3. Lamentations, and if you can, you can spend some time looking in there because I'm going to talk a little bit. And um, but if you got one of those, like kind of cheat Bibles, you can find it right away. Um, but this morning, like Corey said, we are in our fourth week of our series, putting out the welcome mat, and it's been a series where we've been talking about um, being just in a season uh, where God is looking for us to personally and even corporately. Um, and I've said this uh, last couple of weeks, set our spiritual bars higher where um, we're not just religiously going through the motions. We're not just kind of, hey, yeah, we're doing our Christian life, but we're not really putting disciplines in our life. We don't have those things in our life that are really um, being um, things that are are committing ourselves in a sense. And so my heart really ha- has been um, for us to kind of uncover a couple things that really, I think the Lord just gave me a few words. And so I've just been kind of going based off of those words um, that he gave me regarding this. But really what we want to do, and the ultimate goal, is really to actively um, have God's presence show up in our lives daily and in our community here every single time we meet. But see, that, that takes commitment from us. God can come whenever he wants to come, right? But I think there's also something to be said about our heart, something to say, be said about our lives and, and what, what attracts him, what brings him closer uh, to us. And really, we just want to align our hearts. We want to align our hearts to, to welcome him to pursue him at a, at, at de- at a deeper level. And um, we've kind of just been learning that God comes where he's wanted. He comes where he's wanted. And, and James chapter 4, verse 8, I didn't ask you to turn there, but James chapter 4, verse 8, I told you the lamentation one because I figured that would be a lot longer, harder to find uh, to some people. Because, you, know, you know how your pages get stuck when you haven't really, like, you know, anyways. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 8, maybe that's just me. Um, but this is what it says. He says, draw near to God. Okay, now listen, this is a promise. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise. That's God saying, hey, if you will put out the welcome mat, if you will open your heart, I will draw near to you. And our, and our theme scripture for, for the, the, the series is uh, Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. It says, behold, I stand at the door. Now, this is the uh, amplified version. But he says, behold, I stand at the door of the church. So he's talking to believers, right? And continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, now catch this, it says, I will come where? In. Right? We've been talking about, hey, we want to put the welcome mat out for God. He said, hey, if you would open the door, open the door of your heart, open the altars of your heart, I will come in. And it says, and eat with him 
How many know when you have um, uh, opportunity to eat with people, there's a different dynamic um, in, in relationship? Because it's almost like you're inviting them in. You're, 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 hey, come to my table. I've prepared this for you. And it, there's just something different about it. But right here it says, I will come in and I will eat with him, restore him. How many sometimes just feel like, Lord, I just need to be restored? And he with me. And so we, we, we kind of learn, right, that Jesus makes this statement based on the fact that the, the church in Laodicea, right, the ecclesia, um, this body of believers had become, a couple verses ahead of this, they had become lukewarm. They have kind of lost sight of their pursuit of Jesus. Gone was their, um, and, and these are some of the things that we, we talked about, gone was their hunger and thirst for him. Gone was their um, uh, uh, pursuit of clean hands and a pure heart. Gone was kind of that idea of prayer and fasting in their lives to make that a lifestyle for themselves. And we, we've, we've covered some of those. But all of those things, and, and even today, it's just to, in order for us to maybe correct or adjust or you know, kind of how you get your, um, your GPS. And when you go off target a little, the GPS says, recalculating, recalculating. Turn left here. No, I don't want to turn left here. I went this way for, especially us guys, right? Because us guys, you know, we tend to think we know where we're going and we're doing this. And even though we got the thing on, we don't sometimes pay attention unless it's just me. But um, yeah, and it keeps talking. I get like, be quiet. Okay, wait. Can I just pet peeve here? Have you ever been to Aldi? Anybody? Okay. Have you ever done their self checkout? Do you know how like quick they tell you to scan an item or, or make a choice? I'm like, man, i got to reach into my bag. Stop. It drives me. Anyways, that's his pet peeve, sorry. Totally off subject. Because I was there yesterday. And I'm just like talking to this machine. I'm going as fast as I can. Relax. But it keeps on jabbering at me, and it's just annoying. Anyways, that's so fleshly. I am so, so sorry. Okay? Um. But it's to recalculate our, 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 ability, our, 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 our relationship, right? So that we're not just allowing lukewarmness to, to be a part of our uh, lives, but actually we're becoming doorkeepers to our heart and saying, I am not going to allow this lukewarmness, this, this ability to just kind of be in the middle, kind of just, you know, having kind of just this, this uh, feeling of, well, eh, I'm not going to really, you know... Um, take things as, as serious as I, I need to, or, you know, I'm just going to kind of compromise here, but it'll be okay. God's a God of grace. He's God of mercy. He is. But see, we can't have this heart that just keeps compromising and compromising and compromising and compromising. That does us no good. I think that really breaks the Father's heart because He doesn't want us to have a heart of compromise. He doesn't want us to have a heart of apathy. He wants us to be able to be people who are locked into his word and being able to say, no, I stand for righteousness in every area of my life. But see, what happens is sometimes we, we just kind of don't understand it. Like the, the, the church at Laodicea, they, they didn't even know they became spiritual bankrupt. They're, they're just doing life and they're doing church. Yet Jesus shows up, starts talking to them, 
And the reason why he's talking to them is because they became spiritually bankrupt. And that's my heart. I just don't want us to... to, to I, I, I want to encourage all of us, me included, because you know, I'm a pastor, I'm a human, right? But I want to encourage all of us to, to take a look at some of these things and say, okay, how can I make adjustments in my life? How can I maybe even course correct some things in my life to be in the presence of God in my life? Be, 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 maybe even, I'll go as far as this to say, maybe even just being assured that God is in your life. Because I think sometimes people don't really know that he is because of our past, because of the things we did yesterday, because maybe the things we just, that just happened. There's a time sometimes when we just don't get that. But see, I think it's great for us then to, to kind of just go and look because it is scriptural that we do that we do examine ourselves. And that's why I wanted you to turn to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40 says this. Let us test and examine our ways. And let us return to the Lord. And so you read that and you go, wow. That's, a, that's a, an, I, to me an everyday thing we should be doing. Amen. Testing and examining ourselves before the Lord. Where, Lord, where am I in this relationship? You know, I know how, how Corey today had us practice just even being quiet before the Lord to let him speak to us. See, in examining yourself, it's not you always talking. It's him speaking. It's him showing. It's him revealing what, 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 it, what is going on. But it's you humbly coming before God, right? And, and I'll just tell you, if, if you do get a sense of, of, of leading or conviction, then take care of it right then and there, right? Don't push it off. Don't just kind of treat it casually, but take care of it right then and there and say, Lord, man, I, 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 man, I am sorry that I have gone off course a little bit. I have weaned, gone this way a little bit. And I, I, I just want to correct this. I want to deliberately correct this. And then I love how it says, just turn back to the Lord. What does that mean? Oh my God, i got to turn back. No, that just means you start walking in His ways. Simple. Right? You just simply start walking in His ways. You're making whatever steps are necessary then to pursue Him. And so today, um, I want to talk about, here's the title of our message, The Need for Living, A Lifestyle of Expectancy. Oh, expectation, sorry. Boy, I can't even get my own title right, right? Gotta love that. The need for living a lifestyle of expectation. Now, in, in the process of this, um, it seems like, you know, for many, many believers out there, and, and I don't know if you fall in, into this category, but I think there's many believers out there that really don't expect 
God to do big things in their life. Right? Because we, we've allowed the weight of our life, our past, all of these things. You know what? The great thing about kids' ministry is kids don't have baggage. Right? They're just carefree, man. I got no baggage. But when you, when you, when you get into adult, we carry baggage with us. Right? And sometimes the enemy uses that baggage for us to think, yeah, God's not going to do something big in your life. But I, I, I just want to refute that right now. Okay? He wants to do big things in your life. Every single one of us. I don't care where you come from. I don't care where your past is. I don't care you know, where, what's going on right now. He wants to do big things in our life. But because we don't believe he wants to do big things in our life, guess what? You limit him. He's limited. Because you have a part to play in all this too. And it's not just, you know, um, hey, God, show up and boom. Sometimes he's like, well, yeah, but I need you to head in the right direction. I need you to, to correct your course first. I need you to, to put yourself in a position to be able to allow me to work on you even if it hurts. You ever had those times sometimes? When the Lord's like, hey, speaking to you, and you're like, ouch, that, that hurts, God. But it's so that he can get you to a place where he can do bigger and better things in your life. And the thing about expectancy, right, it opens the door, right? It throws the welcome mat out to him for him to come in, for his presence and power to be stained and sustained in our lives in, uh, daily. But see, we, 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 we sometimes have lost sight of that. Now, the words expect, expectation, or expectancy are not seen very much in the Bible. Um, but the great thing about it is the principle is all over the Bible. Because the Bible uses this word more frequently than those words. The word is hope. Hope. So the magnitude of your expectation of what God will do will flow from your hope in God. Okay? The magnitude. Right? You want God to do things in your life? Then start expecting God to do things in your life. Psalms 39.7 says, My hope is in you. But then in the Amplified, they put it this way. My hope. My confident expectation is in you. Right? When you're a kid, well, we're not, we're, we're older, but I'm sure at some point or another, when your mom and dad said something like, hey, you're gonna go, we're going to go here, that builds that expectation. Oh my gosh, this is going to be awesome, man. You know, um, whatever it is, Disneyland, kids camp, what, oh, just wherever, or the pool or whatever. It builds this expectation that you just can't wait. Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Right? But see, again, as we get older, the baggage comes and we go, eh, well, you know, if we get there, if, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I'm not so excited about that any, anymore. But it says, my hope, my confident expectation is in you. But Sadly, for, for a lot of Christians, though, we, we've unfortunately reduced the meaning of it, meaning of hope. 
a, a lot of times, you know, you, kind of, you will hear, well, you know, we're just a hoping and a praying. But the problem with that is there's no confidence. There's no confidence in that. See, true Bible hope means, I'm going to give you this kind of big definition, means a confident expectation or an eager anticipation or belief that something good is going to happen or take place in your life. That's a Bible definition, right? It's in a confident expectation based on the goodness and the promises of God. And here's the thing. It's not positive thinking. It's biblical optimism because you're relying your hope on God's Word. That's where your hope comes from, from God. It's not, hey, just, you know, positive thinking. No, it's biblical optimism because it's based on Scripture. Right? So if you're saying, I'm hoping and a praying, right? But if you say it in line with the definition I just gave you, then you should be saying it with joy. You should be saying it with expectation. I'm a hoping, or yeah, I'm a hoping and a praying. But you know what? In it, I am filled with joy because my God is faithful. My God is true to his word. And it might not happen right in that moment. But that shouldn't change our joy. You hearing me? That shouldn't change our joy at all. Right? So you have to kind of break that, that cycle maybe, if, if you find yourself in that, that you know it's not just up to the you know, cosmic roll of the dice to land your way. It really is the fact that God is faithful to His Word. God is faithful to His promises. And even if that is not coming to pass in the moment, who says that God can't do it? See, I think we give up way before God gives up. In fact, God never gives up. Yeah, lock that one in. Right? God never gives up on His Word. But see, what happens is we give up on it. We say, well, I guess, I guess it's not going to happen. I guess it's not true. But if He said it in His Scripture then it's true. Right? We know that. But see, that's the reason I think why, you know, to most Christians, hope has lost its true meaning. Now, now turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. One of my, one of my favorite verses. Romans 15, 13. And, um, man, listen to those Bibles turn. That paper. Woo! All right. I, I, sometimes I just get excited about paper here in the paper. All right. But this is what it says. Now, this is in the Amplified Version. Yours might be a little different, and we'll cover something real quick on that. But it says, May the God of hope. Now, some translations put now in front. Now, may the God of hope. So you know what that means to me? Now means now. It's not when your circumstance gets better. Not when, you know, all your problems are changed. It's now. So when we read that, we should read it as though, Right now, the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, what's really cool about that? That means hope has two buddies that hang out with them. Joy and peace. So when you're in hope, joy and peace is a part of your life. Man, that's a whole message right there in and of itself. 
right? But it says joy and peace in what? Believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in His promises. So we, we can tell it starts with, right? Or in, in, in the, in the, in the um, sorry, in the, in the um, uh, la, 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 New Living Translation, it says it this way, I pray that God, the source of hope, right? So we can see God is the source of our hope, right? It's not man. Man is not the source of our hope, right? It's not our feelings, it's not our circumstances, no matter what's going on. We are recipients of hope or confident expectation when we truly believe that God is the source of hope. And then I love what it says here when it says abound in hope or abound in confident expectation because that word abound means to superabound means to have in excess, to greatly surpass, to excel in confident expectation or hope that, lot, that lives a lifestyle that, that expects God will do what God says He will do. Right? He'll, he'll give power and purpose to our present and to our future. But see, we have to understand, it superabounds in us. See, if we correctly posture the altars of our heart and say, Lord, I am going to hope in you. You are the source of my hope, my confident expectation that whatever I'm going through or whatever I am pursuing after in you is going to come to pass. That's radical, isn't it? In some degrees. But it's not radical to God. That's just lifestyle living to Him. And so there's this super power, this super uh, excess, this super um, uh, uh, expectation. And I love how he ties it, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but it's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is involved in that. And so we have to engage the Holy Spirit. Not only is it God's words, but it's also the Holy Spirit working in us, but we'll get to that in, in a few minutes. So when we live every day with confident expectation or eager anticipation of the belief that something good is going to happen, God's goodness, God's promises are going to come to pass in our life, that's when we invite His presence. That's when we allow the door to swing wide open and say, come on in, God. Come on in. Every Sunday morning, every, and, and throughout the week, really, but, but every Sunday morning, I, I am praying on my knees in confident expectation and anticipation that God will show up in our house. You know, you know my heart. I think so anyways, in the sense of those who have been here for long enough. Our heart is to see God show up. Our heart is, the, is the, to see these altars filled with people who are just desperate for God. Who There's a reality that God is in the house. God is real. Because many people don't think God is real. But, wh- but why not? Right? I said earlier in this, in this series, you know what? 
God will bypass the 99 churches that are lukewarm to get to the one church that is on fire. And I, I want us to be the one church that's on fire, if, you're, if you get my drift. But again, we need to all be in one accord. We all need to be kind of going after these, these same things. So in order to live that way, then we consistently must understand the keys, okay? Or this, this key, what this key requires. So the first is this. Expectation requires faith. Expectation requires faith. Now Hebrews, Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So that means if you don't have hope, right, a confident expectation or eager anticipation or belief, then you won't have anything for your faith to, to have substance to. Okay? Now, it won't give, give, uh, your faith can give substance to it. So what, what, what does substance mean? Well, substance means to, to stand beside. Your faith can't stand beside anything if you don't have hope if you don't have an eager confidence in something. It can't stand beside or stand next, next to firmly or fully determined that you will get what you're hoping for and you're not going to let go of that. How many have a dog? Anybody got dogs? All right, well, we have a dog. His name is Obi after Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, my kids named it. I, I didn't, but, um, but I'm cool with it. Um, and one of the things when he was younger, you know, you would give him a, a towel or something to play with. And when they locked in and you tried to get it from them, they, they ain't budging, right? They got like superpower where, man, their jaw just will not let go. And then, you, you know, and they're wagging their head and you're thinking, man, I am just trashing this dog right now. You're not because they like it. They like to play. But, but to me, that's the picture of the fact that, you know what, when I give my faith, I, my faith has substance, hope, right? Then what I have to do is I need to lock down and lock into what God has promised and not let go like that dog, right? Because the enemy will come and he will say all kinds of things and he will try to get all kinds of situations, circumstances to surround you. And oftentimes, not here, but oftentimes people will go, okay, and just let it, let, it, let it ride. Instead of, take the picture of the dog, ah, uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, that's not happening. Because I am standing. I am got hope. I've got a confident expectation that, what God, that with God's goodness and God's promises, that it's going to come to pass in my life. Does it come to pass right away sometimes? No, it doesn't. But you're on a very good track for it to manifest or come to your life if you hold fast. If you hold fast to it. So faith is the substance, the underlining basis for the things hoped for. Okay? So hope, that means so then hope and faith are related, but they are also distinct. A genuine hope and confident expectation is based on faith. And faith trusts, again, that God is able to do what He promised. Even when natural things are standing in the way. Even when the natural world says, that is impossible. There is no way that that could happen. 
right? We hear, we, you know, you hear stories of people being healed that, man, it was like there was no way they were going to get healed in the natural. No way doctors could do anything. I, I don't know, right? I, I've got my own physical issues. And I, sometimes I just feel like, okay, I got doctors. I'm trusting doctors, right? Because it's good. But sometimes I just feel like they're throwing medicine at it because they don't know, right? And so in their mind, I think in some way is, there's no way I'm going to heal you, but we can, we can kind of cover it. But who can heal me is Jesus. Who can heal me is God. He's the great physician. He's the healer. And so that's where confident expectation, confident hope, and faith begin to collide. Where you begin to take what God said as a promise and say, I believe that and I'm not going to jump off of that. I'm going to keep it at the forefront of my mind, of my heart. So your faith gives substance to your expectation. So here's my question. Here's a question for you. So when you talk, when you pray and do things, are you doing it with expectation? Right? You have an opportunity to pray for someone. Are you praying with the expectation that God is faithful to His Word? Are you doing things in your life that God is going to, whatever it is, supply whatever need that is? Because He wants to. But I think sometimes it's a matter of where we're, where's our faith? Where's our hope? How's it connected together? Well... God, if you want to, God, if that's your will, okay? And, and hopefully you'll, you'll agree with me, God's will is what Scripture says, okay? So if God says that I am the God that supplies all of your needs according to, your riches, according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that tells me that God's interested in my needs. So if I have a need, I can go to God with whatever that need is and believe that through Christ, and, and His atoning work in my life, not by anything that I can do per se, but that God can come through for me every single time because He's concerned about it. He wants to meet those needs in our life. And so we got to understand, hope does not wish. Right? Because it's based on faith. And we have to trust that God is able to do what He said He would do. But here's the deal, it's built on His Word. And I'm going to give you a great scripture. Um, you know how you read scripture sometimes and you just read it and you're like, oh yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden you're reading it again and you're like, whoa, that jumps out at me, red light, holy, wow, wow, that's awesome. Okay, anyways. Um, Romans 15.4 says this. Such things were written in the scripture long ago to teach us. And the scriptures, what? Gives us hope. The scriptures gives us confident expectation. You catch that? And encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be filled, fulfilled. Now, I love it that it's, it's plural, right? It's not just God's promise to be fulfilled, right, in Christ for Him to come back again, but it's His promises. That means that everything that I can glean that it's a promise of God is then available to me, right? Through understanding the Scriptures that give me confident expectation. 
our expectation then requires our faith to grow. And it grows, right? And it is built on the fact that we have Scripture to lean on, to devour, to meditate on, to, to go over, over, and over again. Right? So our perspective then of hope is what makes our faith healthy. Think about that. Our perspective of hope is what makes our faith healthy. Right? And we know that comes by what Romans 10, 17 says, hearing by the Word of God. So let me kind of give you an example of this a little bit, uh, real quick. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, um, what we're going to find here is Paul is in prison. And he, he's going through it right now. Okay? He's in there. Uh, it might be the worst circumstances he's ever faced. But let's see, let's see, um, let's see what he's going to say because there's something here I want you to catch because he says, says this, and we'll, we'll read it in just a second. Okay? He says this, For I know, and then it, it, this is amplified again. It says, For I know with confidence, okay, that this will turn out for my deliverance and spiritual well-being through your prayers and the superabundant supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which upholds me. Then verse 20 says, It is my own eager expectation and hope. So Paul says, I know this will turn. What? He's locked in, man. I mean, he, he, he's got all kinds of circumstances that he's facing in the moment that not great circumstances. Yet he says, I know this will turn. In the natural, it don't look like it. He's got people coming by his jail cell. Hey, Paul, you're going to die today. You're going to die today, Paul. You're, you're, you're going to, I mean, how many times has the enemy come to you daily? Yeah, you're not good enough. Yeah, God, God's not going to move. No, nah, this is an endless cycle of just stuff. Never going to see victory. Never going to see nothing. Nah, nah, God's not, nah, God's not even aware of you. Unless I'm the only one. But, but, but see, that, that, that's what happens. And so here he is. He's saying, you know what? Hey, it doesn't matter. Through your prayers, right, and the superabundant supply of the Spirit, but also what is happening is I am in lockstep to my eager expectation of my release that, you know what? I'm not going to lose hope in my source. He's not going to lose hope in his source. Right? But that happens a lot to us as Christians. A lot of times we, we lose hope when adversity comes, right? And we think, it's not going to change. It's not going to ever, we're never going to get out of this. But again, if, if you lose hope, then you know what? Your, your faith doesn't have substance to grab a hold of, to stand next to. But he says, I know that this shall turn, right? His, his hope, his expectation, even though they were saying all that they were saying, you know what? He's just like, you know what, it doesn't matter. He says, you know, even if you tell me that I'm dying today, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. All right? So it's like, hey, if you kill me today, you have helped me fulfill my mission. Right? My ultimate goal is for me, for me to die is gain. I'm in heaven. 
That's gain for all of us, right? That is absolute 100% gain. But then he says to live is Christ. What, what's God doing in my life? What's God happening in my life, right? And then he kind of just through this letter just makes it kind of clear, hey, man, I'm not planning on um, staying here in prison. I'm not planning on dying right now. But that's because he was confident in his God. God was his source. He had this confident expectation that the situation was going to turn. Do we have that in our life? That's the question. No matter what you're going through, right? No, and granted, there are things, there are challenges, there are things happening. And I'm not denying those things. I'm not saying, you know, I'll push them aside. But what I'm saying is, do we have a confident expectation that this is going to work out? When I had, um, you know, this little thing growing on my head and they took it out and said, hey, by the way, it's melanoma. My mind could have ran into all kinds of things, right? But there was something inside of me, this hope and knowing that, you know what, the Lord is a, it takes care of me. I mean, the enemy has tried to knock me out lots of times. Triple bypass surgery, diabetic, right? All those things I'm still working through. But you know, I know God's faithful. This thing comes up, they end up carving this big old hole in my head, Right? I'm going to look like a golf ball because I got a divot right there. Hopefully it'll come up. I don't know if it will. They say it will, but who knows. But, but the key is, is, you know what? I could have lost hope. I could have lost my confidence. But you know what I said that to, to my wife? God's taking care of me. God's going to take care of me again. I don't know what the outcome is of these, you know, this surgery or whatever. They took out three lymph nodes. But like I told you, God, the praise report was, everything came back negative. That's God. I will give him all the credit for that. That is nothing I did. But see, part of it was is that I had to have a hope and an expectation that God's going to take care of me. That God's going to walk me through this situation. Right? Like he said, according to my own eager expectation and hope. So in a sense, you could say, and I know this is going out on a limb, right? But our faith, hope, and eager expectation really conquers all adversity. Because we know our source. Our, our expectation, our, our confidence is in our source, which is God. Right? And as Christians... Um, Hopefully I'm not stepping on some toes, but I, I felt it important just to kind of put in my notes. Because if, if we're not in a mental posture, right? If we're in a mental posture of hopelessness, let me put it that way. If we're in a mental posture of hopelessness. Now, let me, let me say this, make a clarification. There are sometimes there are um, medical reasons why people are in that state of hopelessness. So I'm not dogging that at all. Please understand me. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is if you're kind of in that state of, 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 of hopelessness and, and really just lack expectation um, in Him, may I suggest that maybe it's because you are, aren't really in the Word. Okay? Now, I'm not discounting other things, chemical imbalances, things like that. But I am saying that, you know what, sometimes for me personally, when I start to feel hopeless... 
I have to go back again. You remember what we said earlier in Lamentations, right? Examine and say, man, how, how, I've been, how have I been doing with, with God? How have I been in my relationship with Him? Man, I have really lacked. Yeah, man, I've been praying or whatever, but at the same time, I'm not refueling myself with God's Word. I'm not eating God's Word that's giving me nutrients and all the stuff I need so that when hopelessness tries to enter, I can say, not nah, sorry, I know what this says. And so if, if you find yourself in that, then I just encourage you. Just try to take at whatever level you can to be in God's Word. The second one is expectation requires you to ask yourself who and what you are focused on. Expectation requires you to ask yourself who or what are you focused on? Right? Are you focused on the situation, the circumstance, things, people? You just focused on yourself, right? Or are you focused on God? In Acts chapter three, we find Peter and John, and they're they're at the gate called Beautiful. And um, chapter three, verse two, we find this story. It says, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried from uh, whom they laid at the, the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Okay, so again, whom they laid at the gate of the temple. He, it said, I think in one of the passages or one of the translations, it said that he had this thing for 38 years. Okay, that's a long time. Now, we don't know if he was laid at the gate for 38 years every single day. But what we do know is he was laid daily at the gate of the temple. So his, his life revolved around his sickness. Right? Have you ever had your life evolve around your circumstances? Right? Okay? All right. So, this is, so it's important to recognize at the same time too. And I never thought about this, but as I was reading and studying, just kind of felt like there, it's important to recognize that Jesus walked through that gate Many a time. But he never got healed. The man never got healed. Why? Right? Isn't that kind of, I mean, why, why did he not get healed? This is what I believe. He didn't expect it. He saw Jesus, maybe, right? Or maybe there was more crowd or whatever. But he didn't expect for Jesus to to heal him. He didn't demonstrate in those moments that he had a hope, that he had an expectancy, right? Because really his focus wasn't on Jesus. Now, real quick, you flip it over to Mark chapter 10, and there's a story about a guy named Blind Bartimaeus. Look at the contrast here for a moment. Blind Bartimaeus is out there, and he is a beggar. He's got this like kind of thing on, and, and I, I read that it's actually a government, it was a government-issue robe that said that he was legit to be able to beg, right? So he had like this little, you know, gold card or whatever you want to call it, okay? Just to say, hey, I'm legit, I can beg, okay? But here he is, and he's out there, and he's, you know, kind of, he's begging, and he hears that Jesus is nearby, he can't see Jesus, but he hears that he's nearby. And what does he do? He says, Master, have mercy on me. Right? 
Where, where was his focus? On Jesus, on the master. He said, have mercy on me. And so, I th- just, just by hearing Jesus was near, it created this moment of expectation for him. This moment of hope, right? That Jesus could heal him. That Jesus could bring joy to his life. And so, because Bartimaeus sh- showed that by, by shouting, and because he drew Jesus, uh, he, he, he was focused on what, uh, it, wait a minute, what did I got here, I'm sorry. That his focus was on Jesus. He got, atten- he got his attention. He had this confident expectation. And so he believed that Jesus could restore his sight. And you know what happened? Jesus restored his sight because he believed. He had a confident expectation that he could do it. A little bit different than our guy at the gate, right? Our guy at the gate is, 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 is there and he's begging um, and asking for alms. But this time, something's different. Because Peter says, look at us. Look at us. And this is what he says in verse 5. So he gave them, what? His attention to receive something from them. So this time when Peter and John came by, he knew that they were disciples. They knew that he had been with Jesus. And he's expecting to receive something, but I think what's really great about this story is the fact that God just kind of ignores the fact that really all he was thinking about is just getting his money to get by for the day. I think God kind of ignores that. And the Holy Spirit speaks through Peter and John or, and, 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 and reveals this to Peter. And Peter says, hey, hold, on, hold up there, man. He says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I do, I, I, um, I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So there was an expectation to receive something small. Yet, God bypassed that. And he received something big. See, how often do we come to church? And that's our mentality. Okay, I'm going to give you my attention, God, but I'm only going to receive small. When God says, no, I want you to receive big. I want you to be able to receive big. I want you to experience my presence in such a way that, man, it changes your life forever. That it's not just normal stuff. But see, I think he can do that anytime he wants, even if we come in with a little bit of expectation. But if we start showing up as a community with big expectation, God's going to show up today. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to show up today. Or we get up out of bed and our feet hit the ground and we're just like, Okay, God, I'm expecting you to show up somehow, some way. I'm open 24-7, whatever you want me to do. Let's go. Don't you think that that attracts God? I think it does. Because we have this expectancy that God can, wants to do big things through us. Right? And here's the thing. A big thing could be, for the day, could simply be showing kindness 
to somebody. See, we think big thing, oh my gosh, that means I got to go on the mission field, I got to go do this, I got to do that. Yeah, sure, that's great. But I think sometimes we just got to like scale it down to wherever you are and whatever, who, who you are as a person. And it might be just showing kindness to somebody. It might just be, hey, can I, can I buy you lunch today? That might be showing up in a big way. To where then all of a sudden conversation starts to happen. And you're just like, yeah, I just wanted to, to bless you today. You know, God's blessed me so much. God? Yeah, God loves me, man. And He loves you really too. And then there might be this conversation that happens and it begins to stack and build and then stuff. And all of a sudden, man, they get saved and you're like, yeah! Okay? So sometimes it's not just big blocks. Sometimes it's us taking the steps necessary to get there for, for, for the big things to happen. But see, what I think is great too is then what happened was he activated his faith. Memory expectancy requires faith because Peter said, or when he said that after that, what did Peter do? He reached out his right hand. Sorry, I put the left. <laughs> he reached out his right hand and the guy could have said, nah, I'm good. This is my destiny. This is where I'm supposed to be. But he didn't. The guy Inexpected, grabbed his hand, Peter pulled him up, and he began to walk. His, he, his, the strength was 38 years. So don't ever tell me God ain't done with whatever it is you're praying for. Whatever it is that you, you have you know, on your heart. Maybe it's somebody that you love that's not saved. Just keep going, man. Keep believing. Keep standing for that person. But it all changed because his focus and expectation turned. Right? The very last one is expectation requires Holy Spirit involvement. Expectation requires Holy Spirit involvement. Again, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you will abound in hope. That means the Holy Spirit has a part to play. Holy Spirit has to be active in that and overflow with confidence of His promise. So expectation of hope is fueled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit desires that each one of us would grow in our expectation and hope daily. Right? He, he's the one living inside of us, inside of you, that is impressing you. Okay? That doesn't mean he's like, hey, look at me. Be impressed. No, that doesn't want to mean. Impressing means that he, he lays it on your heart. Right? He puts it on your heart. And, and he, he, he's leading you. Like there's times when he says, hey, see that person over there? Like all of a sudden you're just drawn to that. Like, why do I keep looking at Corey? Why, why, why am I thinking? Why? But it's the Holy Spirit because maybe Corey needs me just to encourage him. Just to, just to, you know, hey, what's going on? What's happening? But see, the Holy Spirit impresses you and He's leading you and He really does lead all of us to draw near to God. He wants us to. He wants us to make those decisions to spend one-on-one -on -one time with God, right? To, to, to have that secret place. That secret place where it's one-on-one -on -one with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with all three of them. The trifecta. All of them. He wants us to have this secret place 
right? Where we're engaging in worship, we're engaging in prayer, where we're engaging in the Word, where we're engaging in listening, right? Part of prayer is listening, right? But we're doing all of that. And, and what's great is this, then it allows the Holy Spirit to instruct us when we get that inside of us. John 14.26 says this, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, listen to this, He will teach you all things. Listen to that. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. How do you know what Jesus said? You weren't sitting in, 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 on the Sermon on the Mount. You weren't in the crowd. So where are you going to get the all things? The Bible, the Word of God, that's where you get all things. So if he's got nothing, if you've got nothing in your tank, if you've got nothing in your memory, if you've got nothing that you've been chewing on, he can't remind you. He might remind you of something maybe I said one time, but see, that's, that's limiting. Because you're talking about the God, the creator of the universe. You're talking about the Holy Spirit that was engaged and involved in all that. He knows a lot. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, shake your heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay? He knows a lot. And so when we begin to take God's Word into our heart, that begins to open it up where the Holy Spirit can begin to share and teach you all of these things. You know, like, like um, when you had a teacher in school that kind of opened up a new subject to you. And you're just like, wow, that's really cool. Honestly, I can't remember one for me. But, um, you know, like some people go, oh, yeah, man, I learned algebra. It just opened up a whole new thing. I'm like, oh, gosh, that's just so overbearing. Anyways, um, but, but, but that's what teachers do, right? They open up new subject, subjects to you, okay? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to do the same thing with God's Word. But see, we've got to engage God's Word, right? So what He'll do in that is He will change your lack of expectancy, your diminished hope level, if you would just begin to read His Scriptures and begin to believe what you're reading, that God really does want this to happen in your life. He, got, he has big things, right? And when you start doing that, then that begins to increase your hope and expectancy in your life. Or we're just now uh, just hoping and praying. No, man, there is a joy because I am attached to the source. And the source is the one who give, provides, gives, works things out on my behalf. Even when I don't know how he's doing it, he's doing it. And it might not look the way I want it to happen. But he's doing it. He's working. Right? But we have to be able to. Right? Because as we know in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Right? Transformation comes by believing something different. Can you put that scripture up on the board for me? At least I think I gave it to you. Maybe I didn't. Did I give it to him? Okay. It's the great mystery. By renewing your mind, right? says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Transformation comes by believing something different, meaning you're not believing lies anymore. You're believing truth. That's what transformation does. 
when you truly transform your mind to God's word, you start believing truth over the lies that the enemy is telling you. Right? So in some ways, you could look at it and say, well, if I'm lacking hope, if I'm lacking expectancy, maybe I'm believing the lie over the truth. You see, God wants, to, wants you to, to grow out of that. So in, in, in kind of closing it up here, wrapping up, landing the plane, they say sometimes. Work with the Holy Spirit. Work with Him. Even if you don't understand Him yet, work with Him. Okay, Holy Spirit, I might not get all that is involved with you, but I know you live inside of me, and I know you want to share and speak and, and, and give me understanding and wisdom. I know you want to lead me because he really does want to work with you. Okay? He doesn't see what we, we, we feel we see about us. He sees something totally different. And I think if we ever got a revelation of what he sees, which really you can just look in the word of God to say, this is who you are in Christ. If we ever got a revelation of what he really sees, whoa, watch out. I think that would give the enemy some time to shake in his boots, right? Maybe upset his stomach a little. He needs some rollade. But see, we got to understand that he wants to work with us. He wants to teach us. He wants to increase our hope. He wants to increase our expectancy level in everything, in every single detail. Because I believe when you have an, a, a lifestyle of, of biblical hope, of biblical expectancy, it'll totally change your life and it'll totally change your relationship with God. It will. So, let's work on it. Like all the other things we talked about. right? Let's work on stewarding a lifestyle of expectancy. So when you get up in the morning, Expect good things from God. He loves you. Right? And if you need to, to examine yourself right when your feet, Lord, help me. Oh, yeah, I, I messed up last night. Uh, yeah, nope, yeah. I got mad at my wife or I got mad at my husband or I got mad at whatever or the car that was in front of me yesterday. I'm sorry. But then begin expecting. You got good things planned for me. You got good things planned for my family. You got good things planned. And I'm going to lock into and have confidence today that what you said is true in your word. That what, 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 what you have promised to me is true. I'm going to have eager anticipation of it coming true. I might not see it today, but that's okay. You know what, Lord, too? And when, if I, you give me the opportunity to pray for somebody, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, God, I hope this happens. Right? Again, I've told you, there have been times I've said the lamest prayers and God's answered those over my beautiful, lovely theology prayers. But I think sometimes it's because, you know what? In those, what I thought was lame, there was an expectancy going on in me and even though it sounded lame. So if, if we, we, we just have expectancy, right? Every Sunday, man, we anticipate, hey, I'm coming to church. I'm not just coming and just checking off the box right, to get my gold star when I get to heaven. No, I'm going to be somebody who comes to church expecting God to show up because we've put out a welcome mat for him. We're welcoming him in. We want to, like, we will make room for him. But let's have expectancy, an expectant heart regarding all of these things because we really do. I think it's so, so, um, imperative that we just understand that God really does want to hang out with you. 
He really does want to just hang out with you. He loves you. But see, we got to sometimes be expectant that he wants to do that. I mean, it's that simple. Lord, I'm expecting you to hang out with me today. And everything I do, I'm going to try to live according to your word, according to your ways, according to your vision, according to your heart. And I welcome you. Again, we've learned. See, even in worship, that's drawing near to God. Right? We, we, we sometimes just look at it, well, drawing near to God means that I am in my prayer closet in my room. No, sometimes in worship, that's drawing near to God. I even think sometimes just a regular conversation with God is drawing near to God. And then God says, hey, if you would draw near to me, I will draw near to you. I'll be there. I'll show up. But we see, we have to do it with expectation. And that's, that's what's happening. And as Corey said, even when, men, you feel like, man, I didn't hear nothing. I don't, I don't even know if, if what I prayed about and what we talked about is even God, even it reached his ears. It reached his ears. Heaven is now attentive. But it just might take a while. But don't let that keep you from being expected for your answer. Amen? All right, bow your heads. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for the word of God that's been sown into our hearts today. And now, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you will come and you will begin to teach us. You will begin to reveal. You will begin to unfold all that was spoken today in our hearts so that we have clearer understanding of what you're saying. Lord, I I just pray that, Lord, for each one of us, we would just grab a hold of this expectancy, our hope, and, and know that you are faithful to your promises. You are faithful to your word. And so we thank you for all that you're going to do in us this week. We thank you for the, the, the joy and the peace that comes because we are confident in expectation of what you've, what you've said and what you promise is true. And so we thank you for, for speaking this into our lives today. We receive it well. We receive it with gladness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.